Hello everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host today. I don't know why I said today, because every day I'm your host. Hello, my name is Alexander Rain. Today, my guest is Anastasia. I'm so excited to have her on. We recorded this episode back in the summer, and like I said with my episode with Jada, I've just been sitting on bad boy piece of information but I'm so excited to share this episode we talk about modeling Stoss has been modeling for eight years now and throughout the episode she mentions some exciting news but Kat is out of the bag she the exciting news was she signed to an agency in New York and she moved from Utah to New York she's out there absolutely doing an amazing job has already had some bookings and she's just truly incredible also because this episode was recorded um a couple months ago I do mention that my grandma at the time of recording my grandma was in the hospital she's absolutely fine she had hip surgery and then broke her leg but she's out and about now walking she's all right so wanted to update you on those two things in short, I feel like this episode could be a how-to model. We cover so much ground, and I really hope you enjoy enjoy this episode as much as I do. Okay, let's get going. But of course, it's almost like a joke at this point. It's an inside joke between the Model Student Club <laughs> that at the beginning of each episode, I have to say, don't forget to leave a rating and review, and... Bonus points if you send this episode to a friend. I feel like a professor that's like stumbling over their words at, at the final lecture, like asking for um, to like leave a what is that called an assessment, a professor assessment for their tenure. Nonetheless, let's get going. Okay, for real this time. Hello. Welcome back to Model Student. And you'll have to remind me, I feel like when we were on uh, the James Street set, I kept calling you Stassi, like Stassi baby. Cause, yeah. But what's your preferred, like, like professional, like... Pro- pronunciation of my name. Yeah, I always get, <laughs> I get so nervous. So, no, no reason to be nervous. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I feel like I have this, like, weird... Um, uh, I don't know, like a complex with my name because <laughs> so um so the way that my mom pronounces it is Anastasia. Okay. And but like when I was younger, like first going to elementary school, none of the kids my age could say they they couldn't pronounce Anastasia, and it was like at the same time that you know the um the movie came out, like the yeah. you know animated movie, yeah. and so every like all the kids would call me Anastasia and I mean basically it's the same name it doesn't bother me it's just you know however someone pronounces it no Um, but I always want to be like pronounce it correctly (laughs) but anyways I've resorted to Stassi maybe (laughs) but all my friends do call me Stas so I'm happy with that perfect awesome well welcome I'm so excited I'm like giddy to have you on um no, thank you for having me of course before we get into like all of the hard-hitting modeling questions um I'd love just to get to know you a little bit more like your hobbies outside of modeling favorite color yeah. the easy breezy yeah. questions just a quick introduction yeah. well um I mean so I was born and raised in Houston Texas um, I actually moved to Utah, um, specifically Orem, Utah, for those who don't know where that's at. It's about like 35, 40 minutes south of like downtown Salt Lake City. Um, but I moved to Utah when I was 19 or 20. So like after I graduated high school, um, and I kind of just moved here on a whim. My, uh, my family's Mormon. I'm not, but at the time my brother was on his Mormon mission mm-hmm. My mom wanted to sell our, you know, childhood home and just like move somewhere. And I just, you know, wanted to kind of go off on my own. And I did have extended family and friends that lived out here. So um, even though it was kind of a big move to do on my own, I wasn't fully alone. Like I still knew people. So 
Um, but yeah, so I've been in Orem, Utah, um, Orem, Provo area. Um, gosh, going on 15 years now, kind of crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, that's years. another thing is like when you told me how old you were, you're like in your thirties, yeah. right? Yeah. I just turned 34. That's so, I mean, and 30 flirty and thriving. I can't wait to be 30, but I, I just have such a hard time with people's ages. I guess I just always assume like everyone's like 25, Yeah. but anyways, yeah. that's crazy. I'm crazy so, that you've yeah, been so, in Utah that long, I guess. Right. Yeah. I know. It's like almost approaching the amount of time that I was, you know, yeah. you know, raised in Houston. So I'm like, Oh no, am I a native Utah? Now? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Almost. Um, but yes, yeah, so I moved here and you know, I just, um, I've been working full time and, um, outside of that, like I, um, hobby ways, you know, I love, I love to be outside. I love to walk. I mean, like literally every day, I just want to be outside for like an hour or two and just like walk. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy hiking. Yeah. Um, nothing too crazy. I know that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm the nothing same. too crazy, but I do enjoy a hike. Um, I'm very into um, health, mm. uh, specifically because I do have lupus and Hashimoto's, which are two autoimmune diseases. So um, I listen to a lot of like um, health related podcasts yeah. on that, um, specifically, you know, autoimmune healing, stuff like that. And, um, and then even, I don't know if you would consider this a hobby, but therapy. No. Oh my gosh. Of course. <laughs> I love, I love going to therapy, doing self-work and healing, like yeah. all of that. Um, yeah. I just, I love it. I love that. I love that you said therapy is your hobby because there was a yeah. time, a point in time when I was had individual therapy and then was like in two separate therapy groups. So I'm like, this is like around, like, but I loved it. It was so, I mean, it yeah. was hard, but it was also like the best thing that I it's, could do for myself, you know? Yeah, it's very rewarding. Like, like obviously it's hard to work through um, you know, whatever traumas or, or damages that, you know, you've personally had, but it's so rewarding once you've worked through it and you're healing from it and you can, you know, continue, you continue your life in a, um, just a more healthy way, you yeah. know, cause you know how to navigate things. So no, I love it. Definitely. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I could talk, to, I feel like I could do a whole nother episode <laughs> with just like <laughs> talking to you about therapy alone, but what I, what we are here for is um, modeling. So you, yeah. are you full-time model then, like no other jobs or? No, no not at the moment. Okay. Um, I still, yeah, still doing modeling part-time. Um, I, I hold a full-time job, nine to five with a tech company here in Utah. And Amazing. It's really nice because I, I work remotely still, like ever yeah. since COVID, we've been working from home and, you know, we're still working from home and it's great. Like I have the, the benefits and flexibility to take you know bookings anytime which is awesome yeah and that's what I well two things one I feel like the reality of like working as a model is having because <laughs> you never know like sorry let me finish that thought having another job because you never know right. and like payments can take long to process etc yeah but I actually saw a TikTok the other day on my for you page that was like what are you guys like who are models like what are your jobs because you need something that's flexible and understanding for when a booking does come up and right. I feel like remote work is like the way <laughs> the way to yeah. go which yeah yeah but that's great so they are understanding then of like oh yeah like that's I awesome mean, um yeah like the the actual benefits from my job you know we have some so much like paid time off benefits which is amazing mm. but then specifically my direct boss like i've known him for over 10 years now oh, wow. like i've worked with him at previous places and he knows that he knows that modeling is like my dream and yeah. my passion and so you know and what we do is you know so specifically i'm uh, i do accounts payable for a company cool. and so it's it's very um, data entry, very laid back, you know, like not saying lives here. <laughs> no, no. And, um, yeah, 
so um you know he's just like yeah like if you ever need time off like it's just a day or two or yeah you know, whatever like I've got it under control and so I feel really lucky that you know I have him that's really understanding and supportive of what I do which helps too totally awesome I know that's it's always such a uh yeah not gamble because it's like okay you could get a barista job but then it's just hard so I feel yeah. like that's an ideal position because yeah. I've been thinking oh I'm starting actually a remote job too this week it's like writing but for the past month in LA I was like should I like find also a barista job or like a hostess job I'm like I yeah. just feel so bad if I would have to like like actually uh I can't come this day and yeah you just hire me but like you said, I, I feel like it's not talked enough about um, in terms of, especially for models who, you know, are still part time, like in, yeah. in order to do it full time and really, and in this economy, like, I know, I know, <laughs> right? I know. Um, like, we just have to make so much more now, like, outside of even being a model, like, no yeah. matter who you are, you have to make so much more just to pay rent. So I know. Um, yeah, it's not talked about about enough how um, you know, especially for part-time models and even full-time models, you know, like we're still doing something on the side to help, you know, support our our lives. lives. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it's, you have to normalize having another (laughs) job outside of modeling. I feel like it's hard because, um, I feel like TikTok now is like given way to what it looks like to be like a, actual model who isn't Mm -hmm. like um a top model do you know what I mean like who's just a normal old regular model but I I think it's actually good because I think it shows the reality of it like it's not just all glitz and glam all the time but absolutely yeah yeah no I think it's great I love it okay so rewinding a bit then have okay. you always known that you wanted to be a model or how did you get into where you are yeah. now, get into the industry? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've always wanted to model, mm-hmm. but modeling has always been a topic within my life, even when I was a young kid. So I remember like literally when I was six, seven, eight, really young, you know, my, my mom, she tried, like, she tried to get my brother and I, and like, to do, you know, kid modeling. Yeah. Um, like, I, I remember us being at an agency, and they took, like, some headshots of us, and I think the only reason why we didn't do it is because it was too expensive, like, my yeah. mom couldn't afford, um, you know, she, I grew up in a single-parent household, so, you know, she just was working all the time and just couldn't, you know, afford to do that, yeah. but even, you know, as I grew up, it was just a constant, you know, someone, you know, in middle school or high school, someone would tell me like, Oh, you're so beautiful. You know, you should be a model or you could do this. And, um, and even like people would say that to me, but I wouldn't really like actually think twice on that, you know? Yeah. And, but I was always interested in fashion. I always wanted, I always wanted the Vogue magazine. I always wanted to look at images you know fashion images all the time um so yeah I I don't I wouldn't say that I always wanted to model but I feel like the industry in general and the the thought of it was always something that intrigued me and that I loved yeah you're speaking my language I understand you like a thousand percent a hundred percent when did you so we have the same other agency Naya yeah so from being like a child to being in middle school to then being an adult, how did you and Naya get connected? Was it a self summit yeah. or how? What did that look like? Yeah. So um, even rewind a little bit more. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it was back in two thousand and ten, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Um, one of my friend's sisters um, had an Etsy shop, just oh, doing. Amazing. Um, yeah, just like selling vintage clothes. And she would ask um, my friend and I to model for her all the time. Yeah. Um, so, so like, that's probably when I first started, you know, modeling something in front of a camera. Yeah. And I just, I remember at, finally at one point, it was maybe like 
a year or two ended up doing that. Um, her name's Rachel. Rachel was like, you should be a plus model, you know, like you're so yeah. good at this. And just, you know, I like, she would even get emails from people just saying like, who's this, mo-? you know, who's oh your my model? Gosh. Yeah. So, um, so she was like, you know, I f- you should be a plus model. And at the time I was like, what the hell is that? You know, like, <laughs> like, I'm like, what do you mean? Um, but you know, I Googled it and that's when I found like Crystal Wren mm. at, at the time she was a plus size model. Um, Crystal Wren, um, Denise Bido, Tara Lynn. And my mind was blown. I was yeah. like, I like, wow. Like who are these people? Like I, yes, I want to do this. You know? Yeah. And, um, then finally, so like at that time, I was like, you know what? I could do this. Yeah. Like I I look like them. Like the only thing I don't have going for me is my height. But I was like, <laughs> I feel like I could do this. Yeah. Um, and so it took, you know, I did let my fear get in the way of myself a little bit because it yeah. did take like another year or two um, when I finally decided to submit myself. But mm-hmm. so I did submit myself. I, I found Naya. And I was like, that's the agency I want to be with. But yeah. I did submit myself to a, like a handful of agencies in Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, and I think like a week or two later, you know, Naya reached out, wanted to have a meeting with me. And I mean, right there on the spot, she was like, yeah, we'd love to sign you. And and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so many things I want to talk to you within that so cool that people were like who is she when you were modeling for yeah. the Etsy shop yeah. what like it may because I mean I've seen your photos you're like so incredibly capturing in front of the camera thank you yeah no <laughs> seriously but what was if I can ask and if you feel comfortable sharing like what was the fear that was holding you back what were some of the doubts you had um I can't explain it. Um, and this is, um, also, you know, this actually will tie into one of the other questions that you have for me later. Um, well, I mean, we can even talk about it now. I think one of the questions, um, was, was like, um, what have you learned the most from modeling? Yeah. And honestly, it's that I've learned to do things that scare me. Mm. Um, I don't, I can't explain why, but it always has scared me. I don't know if it's because I feel like maybe I can succeed, you know, like I can succeed a lot within it. So it's going to like change my life in a way that scares me. Um, Also, I think the fact that it is something that, um, is not routine I guess you would say like I I I'm definitely a person that needs routine so that's why like I love my nine-to-five job because I know like okay you know this is the day yeah (laughs) this is what I'm doing yeah and so like you know modeling even though it brings me so much joy and fulfillment um the inconsistency of it does stress me out a little bit because I'm like it just scares me so so yeah so when I when I submitted myself, the reason it took so long, um, yeah, I think it was just that, that fear of, you know, what if I succeed? How will my my life change, you know, and not knowing that answer is what scared me. Totally. Uh, Completely. I am resonating so much with this (laughs) because I think it's like, I think the fear of success isn't, um isn't talked about enough because it's like it because it sounds so silly saying it out loud like you're scared of being successful but like yeah I kind of am because then everything gets flipped upside down and it's I I entirely understand that especially with modeling when it's like you don't if you are a successful model it can look like being in one country for a week and then flown to the next and they're Right. Isn't a lot of um, stability or predictability. And exactly. Also, I mean, a friend was asking me, like, how work was going. And I was just talking to him about modeling. And I'm like, it's a whole career path based on being perceived, which is like yeah. such. And I love it. Like, I love it. I love being on the set. But it is kind of like 
scary. It, it yeah. and I yes, I just all this all this rambling is to say is I understand a thousand percent. Do you feel like you still totally. have that fear now of like Yeah, um I do. Um and you know, I actually have um some exciting things coming up. I can't really talk about them now, but very exciting and yeah. Um super scared, but you know what? Like my as my therapist always says, <laughs> feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah. So we're going to do it. <laughs> awesome. I, well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see. You're such a superstar, truly. Like, oh, thanks. Like, actually. Okay. <laughs> so, you... I'm, like, zigzagging between getting your timeline. You self-submitted. It's okay. How was that... Um, did you feel like... Because I think a lot of people who want to self-submit are like, I don't know how to take digitals. I don't know, like what to do did you feel how did you prepare to self-submit like digital wise Um, what was that well so yeah luckily I did have some decent images just Mm. from you know the previous modeling with you know my friend in our Etsy shop and then even um I also had like other friends that were photographers that um would take images of me so when I submitted, I, I felt like I did have some like decent quality images. Yeah. Um, so, but in terms of like digitals and stuff, um, at that point I was already signed with Naya and, you know, her and the team helped me do everything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I had done, a decent amount of like googling and figuring out like okay what what is it that I need to do to you know pursue this and start and so I I knew like very basics but I still you know didn't know everything and Mm. luckily Naya and the team guided me yeah so they made it easy for me you know what I mean totally um and when I when I did submit to her like I said I submitted to like a handful of um Salt Lake agencies, and yeah. I did have a meeting with another one before Naya, mm. um, but I just, you know, I I could kind of feel like they were scammy, and so I was like, mm, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, they were, even my mom talking about this, like, years ago, like, I remember my mom saying, like, yeah, if an agency wants to charge you thousands of dollars just to sign with them, like, they're not legit, you know? Totally. And so... Um, so that agency, you know, when I met with them, um, I immediately know I was like, nope, this is not it. So, um, yeah. So then with Naya, it was just organic. It felt right. And like I said, she and the team helped guide me through everything. So it was really, they made it really easy. Definitely. I feel like it, like, well, one, I'm so glad that you had, because I feel like so many models just like want to get signed, want to get going that when they see like, oh, the, um, which there shouldn't be upfront charges that you have to pay like right out of pocket. They're like, right. don't know any better. So they're like, yeah, let's go. But I also feel like once you kind of have a handle on the basic red flags, I feel like you know intuitively what agency is best with you. So you've been modeling then for, when did you sign with them? Um, In summer of 2014, so it's been eight years now. Oh my gosh, amazing. That's so incredible, congratulations. I know, isn't that crazy? Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's been a minute. In those eight years, I mean, well, I'm, like, trying to not gush over you because I, like, <laughs> truly your Instagram is the most, and I mean, I say your Instagram, but really it's, like, your portfolio and, like, your book and the work you've done is so mm-hmm. versatile, and I'm just, again, such a fan of you. You have such a demand over the camera, and you've worked with so many different brands, and I, I don't know, I just feel like you're so dynamic in that way. But within those eight years, who have been some of your favorite brands to work with or favorite set experiences? Yeah, um, 
Oh man, there's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I really do. Um, I feel like I enjoy just being on set, um, with anybody. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, there's maybe only like one client I can think of that I just, you know, didn't fully love being on set with, but, um, (laughs) which in eight years is um, extremely impressive. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Um, but let's see, I think, so there's a couple that really come to mind, um, for like favorites. Um, first one would be was him, Mm. uh, which is Tan France's outerwear line that he launched last year. That was such a beautiful experience um, because we we shot out in this ranch that was kind of like a couple hours away. Mm. And so um, we, Taylor, um, who's one of our booking agents at Naya, he helped us get like an Airbnb so that we could spend the night because we, our call times was were super early and like having to drive back and forth for like the fittings the day before like my yeah. fitting the day before was also early in the morning and so I just didn't want to have to like drive back and forth so many times and, totally. um, but we got an Airbnb so like the you know the models we could like have a place kind of close to um you know set so that we wouldn't have to drive really far and um even just the models that were on set you know it was a diverse group and um it was just really beautiful and it was really cool um even to work with tan yeah he was so professional he remembered everybody's names like you know immediately you know just so kind and he i mean he was he was on set working like he was helping to style us you know even though they had a great stylist on set like literally I'm obsessed with her I still follow her yeah um like on Instagram because I just she's so cool but um yeah no he it was just a beautiful experience it was just it was great um so was him and then I think my second one would be Torrid um you've probably seen Torrid in the malls like just like a big um plus-size retailer um, what's special about Torrid is back in 2019, I was meeting with agencies in LA, you know, to try and get signed out in LA. Yeah. And one of the agencies I met with, um, they, you know, they were just so stuck on my hype and she, like the, the person that I was meeting with, she was just like, um, you know, our biggest client, our biggest like plus size client is Torrid. You're too short. You would never... They would never want to work with you. And I'm just like, cool. You're like, awesome. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, anytime I have these meetings, yeah, anytime I take these meetings, it, I take them with a grain of salt. You yeah. Know, I, I don't take anything personally, but, uh, you know, like, but when she said that to me, it literally lit a fire under yeah. my ass. And yeah. I think, I think it took, maybe it was like a year and a half later, but I booked Torrid and Yay! I booked Torrid you know through Naya you know like um and I was just like don't tell me no because I'm gonna do it no definitely (laughs) yeah a thousand percent that that was really special for me to do that and um yeah it was really cool I feel like sometimes you need um like how do I say doing things out of spite I think can be like the most motivating thing I'm the same way if somebody tells me no or this isn't gonna happen I'm like okay I'll be working overtime now to make sure that it can happen yeah but that's exactly I love that I also am so impressed going back to was him I have such respect for um you know these celebrity owned brands that the celebrities are actually like present for and are mm-hmm. like fully there and on set that all of the um what sort I'm looking for applause I guess to Tan France for lack of a better word yeah that, that's amazing okay yeah. are you he's an angel like oh. truly obsessed. yeah <laughs> um I've mentioned it so many times throughout this episode because I'm just such a fan but um, you are incredibly photogenic and I feel like for a lot of new faces comfortability in front of the camera and being able to move and pose um, can yeah. be a bit of a challenge so yeah. how 
if there is a thought process when you're in front of the camera, what does that look like? Um, essentially what I'm wondering is how do you move in front of the camera with confidence? Yeah. Um, honestly, this is so silly, but it, it genuinely works. And I still do this to this day. Um, you know, like if I know I have a big shoot coming or if, you know, even a test shoot or something like I will try and spend a few minutes doing this, Mm. um, just sit in front of a mirror and move your face, move your body. Um, just, I don't know, explore if you need to put some music on and like almost dance it out, um, do it. But like, I think it's important to be in front of a mirror so you can see yourself, like what your face is doing, um, kind of like really focus on, you know, the positioning of, of your face or, you know, your muscles, like, like take, pay attention to, you know, the amount of effort on even like, um, you know, how much effort you put into a smile or like a scowl, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, you... Uh, yeah, uh, you have really have to know like every single angle yeah. and yes, a hundred percent. So, so yeah, like putting some music on and just sitting in front of a mirror and moving your body and, uh, just working it out. Like, um, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, you know, in terms of movement and posing, definitely do that even still like, you know, to this day. Yeah. Um, and then, in terms of like feeling confident too, um, you know, I'm someone who's done a lot of self work, Mm. um, you know, mentally and, um, this industry can be hard, Uh, you know, obviously we, you know, we hear so many stories of, um, you know, trigger warning, uh, eating disorders and, you know, just people, you know, not, loving their bodies and that's really hard and that's real mm-hmm. um for you know for me I did grow up you know in a time where you know a parent was a very um oh what's the word just always making comments on my body you know what I mean like yeah. just I've always been curvy even when I was young and Um, it was always a topic of discussion of like, okay, you know, like, should you have that second helping or, you know, stuff like that. And, but like, but luckily, um, I don't even know, I don't even know how the universe did this for me, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, before I actually like started modeling, I kind of at that same time of, of when I signed with Naya um, at the same time, I, I found myself within like the body positive community on yeah. like, Instagram, um, body positive and even, um, like fat positive influencers, like yeah. people like Gabby Fresh, who, who, you know, she basically invented the fat kini, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and like Nicolette Mason, um, who are advocates for plus size fashion, and, you know, not, you know, the size of your body shouldn't matter with like how you feel about yourself or what you wear. So like I said, at the time that I was signing, I also came across this community and it really helped me just not, not be upset about my body Mm. and not, um, not really compare myself, um, too harshly. I mean, of course I'm human and there's those moments of, I might compare myself to someone else, you know, whatever, but, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, it's not something that like truly affects me. And so, um, you know, I think just like finding, finding that community, having therapy, like all of those things together, it's really helped me feel very comfortable within myself and, um, to where, you know, I'm just like, this is me, you know, if, yes, a, client yeah. hires me, if, if a client, if a client books me, like they know what I look like, 
I, there's no reason for me to apologize. You know what I mean? Yes, I um. love that. No, <laughs> I, definitely. I mean, honestly, divine intervention, finding yeah. that community online when you were signing, because, I mean, I think it's, I feel like the body positive movement in recent years have kind of been, um, I don't know if appropriated feels like a dramatic word, but has been kind of taken over by it has people yeah. who aren't, um, who yes, may have insecurities, but aren't necessarily discriminated against based on their bodies. Exactly. And yeah. so I think also too, even saying like, um, having influencers or a movement that is fat positive feels so radical because now I feel like body positive is like, yeah, I'm skinny, but I also have roles when I put myself in this like really unnatural position that I'm not ever going to yes. be in, you know? Yeah. So I feel now, like, yeah, sorry. What are your thoughts I'm on glad, that? No, I was going to say, I'm just, I'm glad that you mentioned that because absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the original body positive movement was started in the sixties by, you know, black women. Yeah. So, and it, and it was started because it was a radical movement for to like anti-capitalist anti-diet culture yeah um and and now like you just said i mean it's usually it's usually a white woman yeah (laughs) yes um you know thin already and then like you said contorts their body to make you know make them have roles and it's like this is boring like i yeah you know you you can still shop anywhere yeah um and not be discriminated against you know we're we're talking about people who don't have access to clothes mm-hmm. for the most part you know that don't fit them and who are discriminated against just because of their body and it's not okay yeah um and and you know i i'm very aware that i i have a, you know so much privilege in my size yeah um and um I, I am aware of that, and I think um, and this kind of goes into like another one of our topics is yeah. you know what's um, you know why does representation matter so much? And there are so many ways that it matters um, that we could go on, but like at least like in my opinion, at a high level, like a high basic level, mm. when we when we see people with different bodies you know, different colors, shapes, etc. it normalizes them. It normalizes them in a way that helps us as a society to be more accepting of each other. Definitely. And, I, and, yeah. and that's so important, you know? I Yes. I also think, too, there's something with um, being a model and being... Um, you know, you we're selling clothes, we're selling whatever the yeah. certain product is, and that places us and our bodies in a position of being desirable or at least accepted. Um, mm-hmm. And when you're only seeing the same uh, body type, the same look over and over and over again, I think it, one, obviously reinforces the idea of this is beautiful and everything else maybe isn't as much but also creates like this I don't know how to explain it but I've been thinking about it a lot like almost um like general public body dysmorphia and I guess what I mean by that is like uh how do I touch on this like I when we've been seeing sizes like zero to two only for so Mm -hmm. long and it's like this is skinny this is good this is whatever I don't know how to explain it but then I feel like everyone like a woman who's maybe a size six is thinks that she's overweight when really she's a completely normal body weight and even going back to you know fat positivity it's like if you're a size and again, I don't even think size 12 is really fat. Like I, I mean, we're talking about people who are like quadruple XL who cannot get clothes. It's like nothing. They deserve to feel beautiful too and deserve to feel like yeah. they have a place in this world. 
absolutely and they deserve just as much respect as anybody else yes you know? yes yeah um, yeah yeah i i agree and um also too in terms of you know media and what we see you know when we see just you know white thin abled bodies all mm. the time i mean it reinforces racism yeah you know and it's we need we need to see different bodies it's just, it's so important. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, the real world looks like different, it has different bodies of all different abilities, and I think that's what I was trying to say with body dysmorphia, is like, you get this false sense of what people in the world look like, when it's like, really, when you, like, I'm thinking of the 80s and 90s supermodels, it was like, that is a very select population of the world, you know, and I read somewhere, actually, that people are more likely to buy, um, like, a clothing item if the person who's modeling it looks like them, because then they can imagine Mm -hmm. what it's going to look like on their body, So, like, even if you disagree with, like, everything that we just said, it's, like, if you're a company, you'll probably make more money if you have um, a diverse group of models. But I digress. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I always get up on my soapbox. But I am – I mean, it matters. It's, like – It's important. But so all of that considering – um, how do you feel like you've carved a space for yourself within this industry? Yeah, um, I mean, the the biggest difference with me, um, I would say, is my height. So mm. I'm I'm actually five four, um, which is incredibly short for a model. <laughs> You're nice and petite. It's a cute yeah, height. Yeah, and um, you know it's. It's um, interesting. I mean, like, there are so many people who, you know, they're not 5'10 yeah. um, you know, or above, you know, and and um, they want to see, like you said, people want to see clothes on other people that look like them mm-hmm. so that they can get a better idea of, like, oh, you know what? I look like that person. That's how that's going to fit me. Yeah. And so, you know, for me being short, you know, I always took this, I always took my height as an insecurity and stuff like that. But only, only recently have I decided like, no, this is, this is my superpower. This is what makes me different. And this is, this is what makes me special. You know, like, um, people again, like there's, there's so many people that are my height and, you know, they want to see how long those pants are going to be on them or they want to see, they want to see how that skirt or that dress is going to fit them. And so, um, you know, I've, I've really tried to change my mindset and be like, okay, this is, this is what makes me special. Not, you know, not a yeah, it's negative not a, thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's all about like reframing. And I think it's going back to the experience with the LA agency that was like, you'll never book this. You'll never book this. Uh-huh. And you did book it. I think it's, yeah, I think um, you can't let, it just is so arbitrary, and like you said earlier, boring, like, okay, and, and also, this is coming from, I do fit those very arbitrary guidelines, and I Uh am aware of that, but it's also, like, I don't, like, I'm tired of it, yeah, yeah, and also, I feel like, too, it's, like, I don't want to see somebody who is modeling just because there are certain height or certain measurements. Like I want to see somebody who can get in front of a camera and can tell a story and has um, an essence or an aura about them and makes the clothing item so much more than just a piece of clothing that makes it art. And totally, I I feel like if we just remove the boundaries of of height or whatever else it may be my right. goodness it could be so exciting and it could so be, exciting yeah and it's I, and again I, I I mean I feel like one of my fundamental beliefs is like there's space for everyone or there should be at least and I also think you know people who are maybe more not conservative in like a political sense I mean more traditional with like their belief of what like a model should look like 
Right. Like those traditional models aren't ever going away. I promise you. Like they will always. Right. They're established. They will always have a space. There's always going to be like a five ten, size zero model on set. Like I. Yeah. Promise you. I think it should be about inviting other people in and having empathy. But absolutely. Again, I'm getting on my high horse. <laughs> I don't mean <laughs> I to. It. I don't mean to. Um, but I love what you said about. I think everybody has something that they are see as um, hindering them when really it's mm-hmm. a, a strength and what makes you you. But yeah. I, again, I digress. Um, you mentioned <laughs> earlier that the biggest thing that you've learned from modeling is feeling the fear and doing it anyways, in the words of your therapist. Yeah. How do you move? Because, okay, let me preface this by saying, like, I have an anxiety disorder. It, like, f- gets in the way of a lot of things sometimes. And uh-huh. it's really hard for me to move past um feeling scared or knowing that I'm scared and taking the jump anyway but for you how do you move past that fear like how do you do it if and I don't know if you can break it down and it's such a like minuscule micro question but yeah I I don't know I I mean I don't know specifically what, what comes to mind immediately is just the fact that I ultimately it's what I've dreamed of doing. Mm. It's what I want to do. And so I just, I have to do it. Um, so it's funny because it's funny because, um, at the very beginning of this year, like, you know, first couple weeks of January, I, I wanted to set up a meeting um, with Mimi, who mm. Mimi's another one of our um, other agent bookers, and um, set up a meeting with Mimi to just go over my goals for the year. Yeah. And so we were discussing, like, you know, brands I wanted to work with or model with and, um, you know, goals of trying to get signed um, in L.A. or New York. And it's funny because while we were having that conversation, you know, Mimi was like, okay, well, if if you get signed somewhere, you know, you're probably going to need to spend a month or two, you know, wherever it is to, um, you know, go to castings and, you know, meet with clients wherever it is. And as she's like telling me this in my head, I was like, Oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely cannot do this. And, um, I mean, the real answer is I can. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I just, I just have to, I just have to figure it out. And it's also really interesting too, because, um, you know, this, this year specifically for me, um, going to try not to cry here. Yeah. Um, it's personally, it's been just so difficult. Um, my mom was unexpectedly diagnosed with stage four uterine and ovarian cancer. Um, like very end stage. I mean, she's doing fine. She's doing well. Um, but like back in February and March, I went out to Kansas city, Missouri. That's where her and my brother and his family are at now. But I spent a month with them out there to help her with that. And so like, I took time off, you know, with modeling to help with family things. And then, um, I mean, immediately when I got home, like I went through um, a breakup and I had been with my partner for almost 14 years. And, um, I mean that, that alone, like breaking up, you know, that wasn't actually too, um, sad. It's, it's actually good, a good thing that we broke up, but, um, but it's a lot of hard things that I've been going through this year and, um, things that have been more scary to deal with than the thought of, you know, modeling and maybe having to do this or that with it. And so I think like being faced with, with real life, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hardships, um, really put things into perspective for me. And, you know, again, I can't really talk about this publicly yet, but yeah, some exciting things. (laughs) (laughs) A teaser, a teaser. (laughs) I know very exciting things um, on the horizon um, that, Yes, I'm still nervous about, but 
I'm, I'm going to do it and, um, you know, face my fears. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I always tell myself, keep going, just yeah. try, you know, yeah. just try because it's what I want. So I love that. Thank you for also being so open about your personal life and about your mom and, I mean, she doesn't know who I am, but I, I <laughs> sincerely like hope the best for her and hope the best for you. And thank you for being um, vulnerable in that way. I think that's such a good point that I've n- never considered is I think whenever something like traumatic happens or if there's been past adversaries, um, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing because like anyways my I have what therapists would call adverse child experiences or aces and mm-hmm. I think it's just like when you frame when you think about all that like you have to endure or that you've had like you know what I mean it really puts things like you said, in perspective, and it's like you managed to live through that, like you can handle the change of what would come if your dreams were to come to fruition. And I also think too, I mean, my grandma's in the hospital right now. And I feel like whenever a loved one is um, sick or whatever it might be, it just like, I think you're reminded how like special life is and also how sorry not to get existential but how temporary it is and yeah we really do have such like an allotted amount of time and and I think it's like I mean to use your words from earlier that kind of puts a a fire under your ass to like yeah just go for it you know right yeah I I mean yeah and that's I mean that's how I live my life like um (laughs) yeah I don't know like I don't know if this is unhealthy or not but I mean, I, I think about, um, you know, the morbidity on a daily basis, really. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what really helps push me to be like, nope, I got to try it because I want to do it. And so I just, you know, you got to go for it. It makes me think of, um, Henry David Thoreau's, um, like a life of quiet desperation. He has a quote anyways, and it, to paraphrase it, he says, um, a lot of men go to the grave with the song still in them. And like most men mm-hmm. lead lives of quiet desperation. And that, that's always kind of haunted me of like, Oh, I don't yeah. want to be like 70 and wish that I had done all these things when I was younger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, um, it's really interesting too, because, um, there's been plenty of times where I've wanted to give up uh, mm-hmm. modeling. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even, even this year, you know, especially, you know, with my family stuff going on, um, the breakup and, um, you know, moving into a new place, I truly was like, you know what? I am <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I am perfectly content with my, you know, my full-time job and, you know, and just the clients that I have here, it like, it's a nice side gig. Like, Mm. I don't, you know, I don't really need to, to do more than this. Like I am perfectly fine. And, you know, then something unexpected happens and that'll be, that's to be continued. But um, (laughs) it's, it's just, it's just crazy how, I don't know. I, like I said, the universe works in mysterious ways. Like it's just crazy how, um, I don't know, like I, I, I open the door to let things out of my life and then suddenly, you know, something else comes in. Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) I also think too, like I'm always somebody who thinks of the worst case scenario. Like what if this happens? What if this goes wrong? And I, something that I'm trying to work on is asking myself instead, like what, like expecting the best instead like well what if this happened and then what if this happened and being imaginative rather than like scared and I mean it's all a work in progress but 
you never Definitely. know what's around the corner. So yeah. I'm excited even, to see whatever this you. big surprise is. I mean, even, even like, you know, when you asked me to be on this podcast, like yeah. I've had people ask me to be on podcasts previously and I've always said no because I mean, one of my other, you know, biggest insecurities. Um, so um, I mentioned earlier, I have lupus and Hashimoto's, which are yeah. two autoimmune diseases. And um, one of the main symptoms that I have from that is brain fog. And mm. um, ba- basically uh, with, with brain fog, it's just like, um, like I will forget words a lot. Yeah. So like in the middle of talking, you know, I like I'll know the word, but like it just leaves my brain. And um, so sometimes I feel like I'm a little... Um, it just takes me a little bit longer to express a thought. Um, and so I, so my anxiety is that I feel like I, I don't hold a conversation very well, or I don't, um, you know, that I can't express myself fully because, you know, words are like leaving my body, (laughs) leaving my brain. Um, but so, so I've said no in the past, but you know, I, um, again, I'm just in this, I'm just in this new phase where I'm like, you know, I gotta say yes to things. I've got to feel the fear and do it anyways. And and I'm glad I said yes. I am too. I mean, I know that like when you have an anxiety, it's like very much real and somebody's saying like, no, don't worry about it. But like, you are so eloquent and I've loved being able to listen to you and learn from you and I'm so glad that you said yes so I'm not trying to like invalidate (laughs) your feelings (laughs) but I I do want to like affirm like you've been doing great and I've been enjoying every second of this um (laughs) I do want to ask you just a couple more questions you're not (laughs) going anywhere yet no I love it um with everything that we've talked about and about anxiety and about fear and all of it throughout modeling. I mean, it's a wild ride. How do you stay grounded through it? Um, uh, going outside and walking. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. No. I mean, I know that that may sound, um, I don't know if that sounds like too simple no. of an answer, um, but, but truly there's something about like, being outside, smelling the air, seeing the green leaves on trees, having the sun hit my skin and just moving my body. Like I don't even run. Like mm. your girl cannot run. Me either. <laughs> like yeah. but I will I will walk for hours, but like just being outside and moving my body and ha- like listening to music, it it seriously puts me in this like meditative calm state yeah. to where I you know, that, that's, that's what grounds me. That's what brings me back to, uh, my body. That's what brings me to be present. Um, and I mean, yeah, it just, it just, you know, makes me feel good. And, um, I don't know, it helps no matter, no matter where I may be mentally. Like if I can go outside for an hour or two and just walk, I mean, I will, I will feel like a different person after that, you know, in, in a, in a better way. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's, I mean, there never has to be a complicated answer. I think for something even like grounding, it's like the simpler, the better. I I mean, for me, like something that my therapist taught me was like just being aware of my surroundings, but also like really feeling my body in space like my feet against the ground my Mm -hmm. like the clothes on my back and it's like just taking a moment or I mean hours sounds like so lovely to just walk and be in a different in a moving environment is yeah so important and also also too like um to kind of go with maybe like staying grounded specifically with with modeling and maybe the industry is um you know I I am a little bit older you know I'm not I'm not in my late teens or early 20s (laughs) so I you know I I have experienced um life a little bit more than maybe some newer models but you know everybody is a person you know Mm. we I and I I go into like castings or shoots 
you know, just knowing that and telling myself that, you know, like we're all human. We all, you know, we all have something that scares us or, you know, makes us sad or makes us happy. And so I don't get too nervous with, you know, meeting new people or doing certain things because I remind myself that and like that also helps ground me. Yeah. Um, you know, of, co- of course, I don't think that I'm better than anybody um, or even the other way around. Like it, yeah. it just, we're all human. I love that. I think it's really easy. There's a fine line between like respecting um, people in the industry and then like idolizing them, putting them on a pedestal, making them feel out of reach. And I think yeah, in order to succeed or at least like keep your feet on the ground it's like remembering their person too like you said Mm -hmm. and that goes with I mean listen being at casting rooms sometimes with other models it's like oh my gosh it's so easy to get in your head and I think just putting everyone including yourself on the same playing field and not seeing yourself as superior or inferior to anyone else yeah it's brilliant in the words of the great Harry Styles, people with kindness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you hear, um, there was an interview. I'm trying to remember what one it was as I'm like, don't idolize anyone. I'm like, okay, here's a very specific Harry Styles quote from an interview, but he was talking to somebody. I can't remember who, but about cinema and they were questioning him about the line. Like, do you think I'm cool? And they're like, how Uh could Harry, like, how could you even question if you were cool or not? And he's like, well, that's the thing. Like, I'm a person too. I mean, he said it with his accent, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. attempt it. But I mean, listen, if Harry Styles is saying that, right? Let's learn from him. I know. But right. anyways, um, my final question. It's been so much. Like, I've loved this so much. Thank you for spending um, your time with me today. But last question is, what advice would you give to any aspiring models? Yeah. Um, As if you haven't given enough. I mean, you've given this has been so helpful for me, but if there was well, any last yeah, piece. I mean, I mean, logistically, first thing I would say is, you know, do good research. Like if, mm. if you want to be represented, you know, do some good research on your local, you know, agencies in whatever market you might be in. Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, the LA, New York and, London and Milan markets, but, um, you know, other cities in the United States, at least like whether it's, you know, in us, like for us, Salt Lake city or, you know, Denver, you know, Houston, Texas, Miami, um, Chicago, like there's still going to be agencies in those cities. Um, and you'll just need to do some good research to make sure which ones are legit, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And, you know, just submit yourself. There's, um, a good mother agent will help you. They'll, they'll help you with, um, you know, figuring out test shoots and doing, you know, your digitals and they will help guide you through the process. Like that's what a good mother agent does. Um, but you know, again, you just have to figure out like what's a reputable agency in, you know, in your city, because there are still, there are still agencies that are wanting to, you know, scam you out of thousands of dollars for no reason. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, but, but also, you know, it, it's such an interesting job because yes, it does revolve around your physical looks, but I mean, that's, uh, you know, your body's just your vessel for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't define you. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, Really, I think the biggest advice is do what you need to do um, to help to stay mentally strong throughout this career, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, have um, have people that support you, ha- you know, like have a community of people that will support you 
um, honestly, I think everyone should be in therapy. So, <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's always um, my a, answer to everything is like, yeah. go to therapy. <laughs> yep. Get a therapist. Um, and yeah. And just remember to, you know, as long as it brings you joy, keep doing it. Yeah. And if it doesn't, don't do it, you know, definitely. I love that. This has been genuinely so helpful for me. I feel like everything that you touched on were reminders that I needed to hear. And <laughs> thank you so much for saying yes to oh, this. I'm so glad that Model Student could be your first uh, podcast debut. And yes. you're just phenomenal. So thank you so much, seriously. No, thank you. No, I've, I've had a pleasure. You're great. So are you. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start gushing over you again. But thank you so much.